podcasting straight from our front porch, where together we can share our inspirational journeys with the world, one story at a time. Okay, we... Okay, I want to make sure I was recording. I'm sorry, it took me a second. Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, everyone. My name is Ann Harrison Barnes. And today I have the pleasure of introducing you to my very special guest, Meredith Lee Burton. Meredith, welcome. Thank you. It's such an honor to be asked to come. I'm so excited to be featured. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. Now, um, her book is entitled Blind Beauty and Other Tales of Redemption. And we'll get into all that in just a moment. But first, Meredith, tell us about a little bit about you. Uh, certainly. Uh, well, I was born on July 4th, 1983, and I was in a hurry to be born because I was actually supposed to arrive in October of that year. And so I developed retinopathy of prematurity, which occurs when you have to be placed under oxygen for the development of your lungs. And it causes excessive blood vessels uh, to grow and causes the retina to detach in the eyes. But after I uh, uh, was uh, born and had uh, two eye surgeries that were not successful, and then I um, uh, began attending the Tennessee School for the Blind when I was six. And after uh, my elementary and high school career, I went to Middle Tennessee State University Uh, in Murfreesboro and majored in English and minored in theater and education and was certified to teach grades 7 through 12 in English. Um, But I had difficulty finding a teaching position and so I began to run and that's helped me. God's opened many doors uh, because of that decision. So it's truly been a blessing. Right. Um, so, and I have to ask this because even though I was not premature, I was I was um, told that I had the ROP or RLF, as some people um, call it, the retrolental fibroplasia. Do you have the spatial disorientation problems? Like when you get into a room, and even if you're not, even if you're familiar with it, if you don't have sound clues or something around you, do you um, find that you get disoriented out in open space? I, I do tend to have that difficulty. Um, it, it's not it's not horrible, but uh, it does it is unnerving. It makes me pretty nervous. So yes, I I, I do have that trouble sometimes. Yeah, I can but, understand. But I, yeah. So tell me, what inspired you to be a writer? Well, I have always loved. Um, different writers um, and I wanted to teach students about self-expression through through writing and so I thought that the best way to do that would be to teach but when I was unable to find a job I thought well I have an English degree and I've always loved to write. I wrote stories when I was young probably at the age of six or seven I would write stories and it's funny I sometimes go through uh, my old 
Braille notebooks or things like that, and I'll find unfinished stories or <laughs> ones that I think, I can't believe I wrote this, <laughs> or something like that. But it's it's always a lot of fun to go back and explore. But, but I, since I couldn't teach, I wanted to write and write books about, especially about heroines, uh, about strong young women that could face evil and, and overcome it. And so that's what inspired me to write, was wanting, hopefully, a student that needed it to find my books and be able to, you know, enjoy a good story and hopefully be in, inspired by the characters in some way. Right, and I can notice in your book you demonstrate very strong character development. I love that. So, oh, wonderful. Yeah, so did you have, when you wrote your book, did you have an editor work with you? or have I did. Uh, her name is Stephanie Ricker, and she lives in North Carolina, and she is an outstanding editor. She's helped me. Uh, she actually, uh, when I started working with her, uh, she pointed out lots of areas for, with my writing that needed work. And so she was very instrumental in helping me to develop, especially with you were discussing character development. She helped me uh, understand the importance of logic and helped me to really look even at characters that were uh, villains or, or villainous and really try to come up with, delve into their past and try to discover why, you know. So they weren't just cookie cutter characters. So she. Oh, so if you ever need an editor, I definitely recommend her. She oh, does a great wow. job. Okay, I will definitely. I might get get her contact information to talk about. Um, you know, for her, with her to talk about, you know, what she does and 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 all that kind of stuff. Did she help you design your cover, or did you have somebody else to do that for you? I had an artist named Hannah Williams who designs the cover. She is, um, she's an artist that has, I actually met her through a, a fan fiction contest that I participated in at one point because she's also a writer. And um, so I, I knew that she'd submitted work, uh, art as well as written work for, for that, the, the series that we really enjoy. And so I knew she would do a good job. So she was, she was excellent to work with too. Oh wow, cool. So, um, is is a Blind Beauty your only book, or well, Blind Beauty and Other Tales of of Redemption? There is another book on Audible called Blind Beauty. So, you guys don't get confused with don't don't confuse this one with that one. I almost did. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, uh, well, there's actually another book on Audible called called Kremlia, and it was my very first book that I wrote. I wrote it in. It was actually published, oh, goodness gracious, 2011, <laughs> which has been a very long time. But uh, but that that publish, publisher I worked uh, with was not the best. And so this time I went the self-publishing route, which I liked because there was more control over right. um, over the, uh, the, the cover design and everything, basically. And, and I really enjoyed the audio book from Blind Beauty and Other Tales of Redemption, I was super impressed with the narrator and she was incredibly accommodating to work with. So no, I've got, uh, I actually have um, uh, Kremlia and I have the Blind Beauty and Other Tales of Redemption book and then I have 
one out called The Princess and the Invisible Apple Tree. Ooh, and then okay. I, and then I have one that will be released in August of this year called Rebecca's Refuge. And and well, I also submitted to talk about that one too. Okay. And I also submitted a um a short story to a publisher. Um it's actually a prequel to a story in the Blind Beauty anthology, the story Heart Spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pre yeah, so uh, but it's for a an anthology that's that's the proceeds are going to help the uh, families of the victims in Christchurch, New Zealand. Oh so yeah. So I hope you get from it soon. So. Yeah, I saw I think Claire Playstead put something in the email about that too. Because I think she's the one that's I want to say she's the one heading up, but I'm not sure. Because I know I saw she, something. Yeah, Pl- Plasted Publishing House. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's where I submitted it. So I haven't heard anything yet, but I hope to. So. Yeah, she'll let you know. Right. She will. She's she's good. She did my, um, uh, she has also put uh, one of my books on Hulu for me. So she's, she's really good. Um, oh, wonderful. Yeah. But, um, so... So tell me about your process. Do you, are you a planner or a panther? What I mean by the panther is, uh, do you just go as the characters take you, or do you kind of write an outline, or do you plot? Oh, well, uh, I understand what you mean. I actually, I used to be a panther uh, when I first started writing, and now I'm a, I'm more of a plotter. Uh, I actually, um, well, it depends. I don't do a straightforward outline because I do like to be surprised, but I, but I also, I, I know how a story starts usually, and I know how I want it to end, but then, uh, but the middle is the fun part where I kind of try to, to work it out, but I, I kind of like to write down, for instance, I have like a character questionnaire that I like to use, and it'll have questions, you know, that might not even have anything to do with the story, like, what does this character what might this character keep in his pockets or what what's this character's favorite breakfast food or something like so you can really delve into the character's um emotions and their viewpoints and things right so, um, so i'm so i'm more of a plotter now but i still like the element of surprise oh i do too i'll, I'll plot a little pants a little myself um so uh i have a question about about the book itself, and I don't want to give any spoiler alerts, but I know Jenna in Blind Beauty was the was the was the girl was the, was the uh, girl who lost her sight, but the other two girls in Crossing to Offendia and Heartspring, what were their disabilities? I couldn't figure that out. Well, um, the uh, Falori in Crossing to Offendia, it was a um, it was more kind of like a deformity. Remember she had the pointed ears? Yeah, right. Yeah, so it was it was more uh, of that issue and Heartspring was actually it's not specifically alluded to but Bianca I addressed the theme of epilepsy. Oh, you know, okay. Okay. Yeah, how she would she would, you know, Go go unconscious like that. 
Yeah. So, so it's not they're not actually alluded to in in specifics or anything, but I, it's uh, I know several uh, friends that actually have epilepsy. Yeah. And so that that's what was on my mind when I I did that did that one. That's a great question. Did you have yeah. to do a lot of research when you wrote these? Um, I, d I did some, especially Heart Spring. It, that's a story that I've researched more for that story than anything I've ever written. Blind Beauty, of course, uh, with the blindness, that was, uh, I didn't do much research with that one. But uh, Heart Spring was the most, and I mainly researched about slave settlements and things like that, but I also looked at, at epilepsy and things, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Because I was wondering, because it sounded like it was, uh, I'm sorry. Give me just a second. I got, well, um, give me just a second. I've got to plug in my computer. My battery's about to die. So if you'll hang on just one second. Sure. Won't take but a minute. But anyway, as I was, as I get this together, um, so, and, and, but what I was going to say was, um, Okay, I'm sorry, you faded out. What what did you say? Give me just a second, I'll be right back. Oh sure, sorry. I do apologize for that, y'all. That kind of oh. right off guard. Um, but okay. So what I was saying is, it sounded like it was a pre-Civil War. Yes, it, it definitely was. It was. It's a fantasy world. You know, Florain is the name of the world. But uh, but it is set like I'd say the 1848, the early 1850s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have a question about your world building. How did you discover, how did you figure out what world you were going to use? Did you write down the different towns in the world? Did you have somebody help you draw a world map or was it just kind of? Let's see, I'm not, uh, that, that's one area that I've, that I've always had trouble with. But for these stories I did, um, let's see, uh, Florain and Heartspring is the most uh, detailed as far as, in my mind, I kind of had wrote down towns and objects like, you know, I, I talk about the dandy fizz, which is kind of like what our uh, soda would be or our uh, uh, sarsaparilla, you know, something like that. Kind yeah, of like I was a, about to ask you about that, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so things like that. Now, in a crossing to Fendia, I didn't really do as much world building. It's kind of... Uh, some of my beta readers said it was kind of like a myth, like a Greek myth style story. Yeah. So I, kind of, I just did enough to kind of, um, just enough to kind of think about, you know, what kind of plants that world might have. Like Kanama is like our sugar cane, you know, and yeah. what the slaves harvest, you know, and uh, Blind Beauty was more like a myth 
like a medieval uh, setting. So no, I don't do maps uh, or things like that, but I'll kind of write down objects that kind of come to my mind that seem intriguing or, or town names or things like that. Yeah, I mean, it was really, I was, I didn't feel lost in that world. I was immersed. I was like, even though I was taking notes of what was going on so that I could, you know, have, an, you know, be more prepared, um, even though the questions are not scripted, but still I was taking notes and I, I had to stop listening for a minute so I could keep up with everything, especially with crossing to Effendia because everything was going, happening so fast and I was just swept up in it. I was, you know. I, I was uh -huh. on top of that, that, that chasm with her. <laughs> well, I'm so glad, glad that you liked it so much. It, it's more of the, it's the story that it's more of a straightforward, or it's more allegorical than the other two are, but, but they all have elements of allegory in them, but, uh, but Effendi is the most straightforward fairy tale-like one. But, right. but I really enjoyed writing it, you know. I dedicated it to my my brother, uh, because, um, you know, it's a story about, uh, well, you, you know what it's about, but it's, but it, it's one of the themes is, is the lo love between a brother and sister, even if they're not blood related, you know? Right, right. I noticed that. <laughs> right. And the, 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 um, Kungale wanted to take Oh, I, I wanted to take Flory, but I'm not going to go into all of that because I would spoil, spoil, spoil if I did. <laughs> you guys have got to read this. I'm telling you, this was amazing. And I, and I like the fantasy. Um, I found, I've discovered that I like the fantasy genre. Plus, um, plus that element of mystery. It's like, what's going to happen next? I mean, I love that. So, um, and that's well, why I'm asking you about the world building because yeah, you were right up my alley there. <laughs> well, thank you. That means so much. I appreciate that. And another thing I liked about Heartspring was that the element of mystery. They had to figure out why, you know, what was causing Edward's illness. And then when you when we found out, it's like, oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I wanted, uh, well, I've always, you know, the original, well, these are all, especially uh, Blind Beauty and Heartspring, they're both retellings. And a heart spring is a retelling of Snow White, but I've never uh, been satisfied and with the original story about who the, the who the villain or villainess is in the original story. So I kind of tried to look at it from a different angle because, to me, the person that's the true villain is not the one that the that the Grimm's chose to be the villain. So, so it was like you took a different tale. Yes, it, it was fun to explore, you know. Yeah, I read another. I read a more a romantic, a, an adult romance version of *The Princess and the Pea*. So I kind of like the the twisted, the I guess you call them fractured fairy tales. Yes, uh, that's that's a popular term for them, or 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 store inverted fairy tales, or you know, turning on their heads. You know, and that's always yeah. so much fun. I, I love reading those types of stories. Uh huh. That, but, um, that was fun. I'm glad you were surprised. <laughs> oh yeah, I was. I'm like, okay, it's the it, it, it's it's this one. Then I found out it's not. I'm like, oh, okay. So, uh, tell me about yeah. the, the the audible process. Did you work? Um, was the narration a collaboration? Did you choose the narrator, or was she chosen for you? No, I, I chose the narrator. I'd heard her read a a fairy tale collection. 
called um, Five Glass Slippers, and that's on Audible, too. And I was really impressed with her voice versatility. Um, and so I contacted her. She has a website, um, BeckyDotty.com. And uh, so I sent her a, a message and uh, asked if she would be interested in uh, perusing my book to see if it was something she would like to narrate. And she uh, she was very prompt in responding. And um, the way she did it, she would send me, uh, like she'd read one story and send me the chapters to that story. And uh, so then I could go back through those chapters and uh, and and listen to them and, and approve them. And then she would send me the next story when she got done. So it, the process took about about a month to, uh, for her uh, reading and then sending me the stories. And uh, we worked through ACX.com. It's a, it's an Amazon yeah. Amazon audio production company. Right. And so she would she would up, upload the chapters to ACX when I approved them. And then it had to go through a, a review process on their site, you know, like through their uh, – uh, through their channels, and then it was approved, you know. So, uh, is great. so that's uh, the whole process takes about took about probably six to eight weeks, and then um, I I paid her for for the work. You don't have to pay ACX, but but I did pay uh, uh, pay her. So you you can also do like a royalty shared program, right? She, she preferred to be paid up front, so so I went that route. So. Oh, okay, yeah. I I know. I wonder, did you pick out the music between the stories, or was that on the back end? She actually found that. I asked her if there was a way to insert music into the, you know, in between the stories, and she found that that pretty piece. I loved it. Oh, I did um, too. You know that see in Heart Spring, you know where there's a song. Yeah, she sings it. Yes, uh, and she's got a beautiful voice. She does. But, but she sang it, and then she put that music, and it was just to me, it was just eerie how that seemed to that fit together. You know. Oh yeah, I know. I noticed that. I wondered about that. Maybe I can contact her and have her on the podcast to talk about that process, because you know, from from her side of things, because I think that would be interesting too to talk about how she does the narration, because she was, and I liked how. Some of her char the characters, she made her voice echo slightly. Yeah. Oh, that gave me chills when she did that. Uh huh. Uh, she, she didn't tell me she was going to to do it, and when I first was listening to the chapters, the first time I I jumped out of my skin, it was so <laughs> surreal sounding, you know. It was. So I'm glad. But, but that. that added a special element to the book. I'm telling yeah. you guys, y'all need to go get this, whether you get it on Kindle or audio. I'm telling you, I would really, really, really encourage you to get this on audio because you're going to get a really, I mean, I'm not saying you can't read it on Kindle, but if you like audiobooks, you're going to get a really cool experience out of this. Um, trust me, I loved it. I don't think I've gotten the same experience if I'd have had my Echo Dot read it in Kindle or if I'd have read it in Braille. I don't think I'd have gotten the same experience as I did when I got it on Audible. Well, I'm so thrilled to hear that. I'll let her know. Yeah, please do, uh, and uh, send me her website so I can look at and so I can look at it and maybe contact her to 
um, maybe get her on the podcast. Sure. Yeah. Um, so is there anything you're currently working on? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, I'm doing revisions for Rebecca's Refuge, which will be coming out in August. Oh, that's right. And it is, um, it's a uh, retelling of Rapunzel, but it's another fractured fairy tale. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, the Rapunzel character is is, bl- is blind in this version, which I really like because, you know, in the original story, the prince is blinded by the witch as a punishment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't look at blindness as a punishment. I don't uh, either. It's just one of those, uh, you know, things that uh, happen sometime, you know, like all disabilities. And it's not a punishment. It's uh, God's way of enabling us to do things differently and glorifying him because people uh, can look at what he accomplishes through anyone, you know. And so I wanted to write a a story with a blind main character, you know, the Rapunzel character, and, uh, but, uh, but it's different because she's not a, uh, quote, human, uh, quote, character. She's a character called a a Norn, this is set in a world where uh, it's kind of like two races. There's the human race and the Norn race, and they have the ability to uh, create, like, healing plants through their hair. Mm. And so, I, uh, so I'm working on revisions for that, and then I'm uh, working on a story called Journey to Freedom, which is, a, uh, which is the prequel to Heartspring. So if it's accepted, I'll, I'm sure I'll be doing some more revisions for it, too. So. Oh, wow. Okay. You still going to independently publish, or um, are you using a different publisher? I, um, I'm doing, uh, I'm working through um, a publishing company uh, uh, led by a lady named Kendra Ardneck. This is for uh, Rebecca's Refuge, but it will be basically uh, still self-publishing. I'd like to get back into a, uh, actually work with a publishing company um, in the future, but it's kind of uh, kind of up and down right now. It's it's hard to get noticed by a publishing company when you don't don't have an agent, you know. But I'm I'm looking right. into unless I'm you, looking at how that works, you know. Right, unless There's you so work with a smart, hybrid, unless you work with a hybrid. I'm sorry, a hybrid um, publisher. Right, and you have to. Uh, that, that's one thing I always like to tell people: be wary of of companies, especially don't don't go with one that makes that wants you to pay a, a huge right. amount of money. Right, uh, I learned that lesson myself. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> ten to uh, ten to one, they are uh, they they are scamming you. Or, uh, yeah, you're not. I, you're not their best interest, that's for sure. Exactly. They're and so, their, their own interest. And uh, and that that can be difficult because, you know, I've, as far as you know, layout design and cover design, you know, it's tempting to go with a, a publisher because you think, oh, they'll take care of all this for you. But um, like for instance, with the cover design for Blind Beauty, um, that that is. The artist that did it actually took the time to read all the stories before she designed the cover. Wow. And 
a publishing company, they wouldn't take the time to do that. No, they so want I, you. They want you to pick the photo. The one I use wants you to pick the photo, and some of them will do that. Yes, and um, and so it it meant a lot that the designer for myself published book would actually take the time to read the stories and and send me descriptions of several ideas she had, and then we chose the one that best fit, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so and so for right now, self publishing is the is the best route for me, but that could change. You know, writing is a constant, uh, constant evolvement. You know, there's always, it's not set in stone. There's always changes. So. Right. Um, now let's kind of, if you don't mind, I'd like to go into something. I read your bio and you said you're a motivational speaker. Um, yes. do, you, do you speak at certain, do you do like book signing events or do you speak at churches? Tell me a little bit about that. Sure, I speak at churches. Uh, in fact, uh, about two weeks ago, I spoke at um, the Hoover's Grove Church of Christ, which is located in Lynchburg, Tennessee. Um, I spoke for their their Ladies' Day. It's kind of like a, a woman's retreat. Mm-hmm. So I speak at all sorts of different uh, different congregations, and I speak at different clubs. I've spoken at Lions Clubs meetings and um, Kiwanis Club meetings, different different uh, civic organizations and one of my favorite things to do is actually speak at school uh, I speak for different age groups um, elementary age students and then uh, middle school and high school and that's fun because especially with the elementary school I get to take the take braille books and, and read read stories for them and, and illustrate or you know demonstrate braille and things like that Oh wow! So that's always a lot of fun. I bet. Cause I was uh, that that and and I noticed you teach Sunday and and uh, I saw when you teach Sunday school at your church. I was wondering if it would be difficult to do like the teaching or motivational speaking. Do you have notes with you, or how does that work for you? Well, I usually have an outline in my head. Some places will give you a topic that they want you to address, and other other places. Uh, kind of leave, leave that decision up to you and so I like when I get a topic because then I can and search for the uh, Bible verses that might coincide with it and mm-hmm. and incorporate them into the to the speech and of course I try to do a lot of different um, illustrations a lot of stories and things like that so I I usually don't have notes in, in front of me of course I'll have the the different uh, Bible verses that I want to read and things like that. But I'll, I'll have an outline of, in my head of where I want to go. And oh, so, okay. so I'll know how to, how to start. And, and usually they'll give me a time limit, um, which really helps me because I, um, I'm sure you can tell I, I like to talk. And so, uh, <laughs> so if I don't have a time limit, <laughs> I, uh, um, you know, I can, easily be long-winded so but usually uh sometimes I've, it varies i've spoken at places like for for an hour-long speech or it's been as short as 15 or 20 minutes so you it just depends what they want you know wow um do <laughs> yeah. you do you memorize the bible bible verses or do you have somebody read those or do you put those on braille index cards or how does that work i'll usually uh some of them that i've used in 
pretty frequently I have memorized, but I also I have a Braille Bible I've got. Uh, so I'll uh, I'll take the appropriate books. You know, my my Bible's actually 37 volumes. It's the it's the one put out by the Lutheran Braille Workers. Mm-hmm. It's the New International Version. So I'll I'll usually take the books. A lot of people like to to see the see the Braille, and so I'll take the actual Bible books with me. I have like a a, a bag that I take, so I'll put several volumes in there and re- read them from that. I also have my uh, Braille sense, my note taker. So sometimes oh. if I have I'll put I'll write some and put them on there too. Oh okay. to read from there. I prefer the King James myself, so and but um and I do have a Braille one, it's just not out right now. So what I'll do is I'll look online and, you know, read through the Braille display or I'll have my Echo Dot read the chapters or verses that I need. Um yeah. You know, it's come such a long way now. Oh, it yeah. is wonderful how you can uh, use the the note takers and that way, you know, like you because it can be cumbersome all the different volumes. So it can. it's good to have the note taker. Uh, you know. Right. I mean, and I use the U version Bible. Um, I have an account with them, so you might want to look into do, using that if your Braille Sense has um, internet access. You might want to go to Bible.com and and use that, and that's for anybody who wants to look for an online Bible. You you version is pretty good. Okay, I'll look that up. I, I don't, um, I haven't heard of that one. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, and that way you can find verses easily. Just you know, set up an account, search and bookmark, and and all that kind of stuff. And figure out how to oh. bookmark online, but but I'm I, I really like that. And um, and so when you teach Sunday school, do you have your Braille Bible with you? Do you have your Sunday school book in Braille? How does that work? Um, yeah, I, the Sunday school book is not in Braille, but um, but I'll they can send me the uh, PDF uh, uh, of the lesson, like they can uh, to my to my email. Mm-hmm. That means like the you know the questions that might, that are going that you that are in the book that you might want to use them, okay. or any activities that might come. But I, I'll usually take. Uh, if the lesson text is in Luke, I'll take that Bible with me, and we'll go through the through the story that way. And I've got a a, a lady that actually go, um, comes with me, like for the craft projects and things. She uh, she helps with that. Uh, like if there's an an art project that goes with the lesson or something, she'll she'll help me with that. Oh, okay. Um, do, do you, what age group do you teach? I, I teach uh, first through, let's see, first through fourth grade. So it's a pretty, pretty wide range um, uh, of students, but, uh, and it varies. Some weeks we'll have, have more than other weeks, but, uh, but it's, a. Uh, uh, we used to have uh, a book. We're kind of in between right now. We're looking for another so right now we're going through the the parables of Jesus and, and we're talking about them. So so that's always fun. Mm. I learn a lot. I learn a lot more from the students, I think, than they learn from me. They're yes. very uh, they're very smart. You know, stu- uh, ki- kids are amazing what they pick up yeah. and the questions they have. So 
Yeah, I like it when when you can learn from the kids because because that makes that makes everything so interesting. So, yeah. um, do you, have, do you teach a Bible school class in the summer, or, or does your church do that? Uh, we do. We do vacation Bible school. Uh, we usually do that in July, and so I, uh, we have different uh, rooms. I'm usually in the puppet show room when we do that. I do. Uh, I help with the uh, with the Bible story. And then they'll have like an activity Give me uh, room. I do apologize for the interruptions, y'all. Um, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Hey, that's fine. Uh, yes, we'll, we'll we'll do the vacation Bible school, and we'll have the they have the different rooms, and I'm I'm usually in the in the puppet show room. So it's it's always a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Well, that that's good. So that that oh wow, I bet that is fun with puppet shows and things. Oh, it okay. is. Yeah. Okay. So the book again is in, is titled Blind Beauty and other and other tales of redemption. And um, you guys have to come pick this out. So where can people find you online? They can find me. I have a I have a, a Goodreads site with all the all the books that I ha I have out. Now um, uh, they're they're listed on, on that side. I'm also on Amazon. They can also find me on Facebook. And um, I'm working on getting an author website, but I'm, uh, the the visual aspects and everything I'm still trying to figure out the best way to do that. WordPress is probably going to be the easiest way for you to go. That's what I use because uh -huh. you put your your book links up there on your Amazon book links. It'll actually embed, um, you may have to put the covers up there. And if you have the JPEG, like you sent for me, it's fairly uh -huh. easy to um, upload those. But um, the, the Amazon website, it'll have a sample. It'll have a buy button and all that's embedded when you put the link in there, the full link. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So I suggest, I recommend WordPress. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I hope this, if you're uncomfortable answering this, you know, tell me, but if you could have a conversation or if you could be with or be educated by anyone in the world, past or present, who would it be and why? That would be, um, her name is Corey Timboom. And she was actually, she lived in Holland. The uh, Hiding world Place. The Hiding Place, yes. Uh, I love that book so much. It's one of my absolute favorite books. And, uh, and their, her family were, uh, the Christian family, they were actually watch, watchmakers, and Corey and her sister Betsy lived with their father. They were uh, what they what they called called spinsters back then, but they uh, were a very devout family, and they hid Jews and uh, and other individuals during the time of uh, Hitler's occupation, and they, the whole family was actually caught and sent to a concentration camp. And I admire her story so much because she lost basically everything, but she had learned from the faith of her sister Betsy, and uh, and she Corey maintained her faith too. And I would love to have a conversation with with her or wow. to yeah. be educated by her. I remember. And she also, I'm sorry. You remember? I remember she was she was a prisoner of war. Yes, she definitely was. She was sent to a, 
uh, with her sister. They were sent to to Ravensbrook, which is mm-hmm. which was one of, one of the major camps, you know. And her sister actually actually died there. Um, but if you want a story about um, faith in the midst of suffering, that that's you definitely need to read The Hiding Place. And she wrote some other great books too. And uh, so I I love her. I also I would love to meet and have a conversation with with Lewis Braille, you know, um, I wrote about him a little bit in the hiding place or alluded to, alluded to him in an author's note. Right. I, I wrote Human Blind Beauty. So, so I would, uh, it's just amazing to me. You know, he was a, uh, and an organist at his, uh, at his congregation where he attended. And that's one of the reasons he uh, used his system because it helped him to, uh, with with the braille music and things, so I would love to, I would love to meet them and thank them for uh, for all that they've inspired me with. You know, have you ever read Return to the Hiding Place? I don't remember who the author was, but it was basically the sequel, um, to the Hiding Place, and it was like one of the guys that was hiding out, um, that Corey Tinboom and her sister took in. Oh, really? No, I haven't read that one. I'll look that up. Yeah, Return to the Hiding Place. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because I I remember reading that one before I even read The Hiding Place. And you talk about the faith in the midst of suffering. You are are right about that. And both of those books are good. Um, Oh, I love love the part where he talks. You know, they read that, you know, they smuggle the Bible into the camp and they read about giving thanks in all circumstances right? and uh, where Betsy even thanks God for the fleas, you know, in their, in their bedding and everything. Right. And, uh, and little... there's no, there's no chance I'm going to be thankful for a flea, but then it turns out that they help keep the fleas, keep the guards, you know, away, keep them from molesting the prisoners. And so, you know, God, God used them for a purpose, you know? So I love that scene. Right, and that little that 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 little hideout, that little bitty apartment. Ooh. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see, I don't know how many so many people can live in that one little, and and there was always tension. I do remember that. So yes. Okay, so one more question for you before we go. Do you have any questions for me? Um, let's see. I know that you that you write as well. What what's your favorite genre to write in? Um, I like fantasy. Well, I've I've just started dabbling with fantasy. I'm working on a book called, um, I've got one on the side called uh, Winter Haven Rescue. Um, but I I love mysteries and I like my Christian fiction. So I write Christian mysteries. I've written a children's book and I'm, and I'm working on revising, well, adding to and revising a a Christian mystery. So yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great versatility. You know, it's good to have have the different genres to work with, you know. I'm a voracious reader. Me too. <laughs> I, I, read, I read pretty much. I read pretty much everything I can get my hands on. So I'm picky. I'm pickier now than I used to be, but still, that's how I learn. Well, I mean, that's how. That's how I. You know how I learned how to write in these genres is by reading. That's true, and uh, um, I'm a. You know, I, I make sure it's not. I don't read, I don't like things with, you know, gratuitous violence or I don't like erotica or anything of that nature, of course, yeah. but, but I try to, you know, I try to keep up with 
um, the current books, you know, if there's anything that uh, piques my interest, you know, but I'm a big mystery fan. That's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. And I bet you could write a mystery, too. I'd, I'd like to try it. I've actually tried, and, and it's uh, I wasn't too satisfied, but I think I, I'm going to try again, though, and see if maybe it'll do better this time. <laughs> I tried it when I was more of a pantser, so maybe since I... I plot more now. Maybe I can, mm-hmm. I can, you know. You just made so, me think of another question, too. And I'm sorry to keep you, because I've got to eat, and I know you have, too. But um, speaking of that, do you get inspired by dreams? I'm sorry, what, what about dreams? I'm sorry. Do you get inspired by dreams? Oh, yes, I have before. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, I know I keep bringing up a heart heart spring but it, it, it's the most unusual thing I've ever written and it was actually in, inspired by a, um, by a dream I, I dreamed about uh, actually being in the woods and uh, finding a deer and I, I dreamed about and I kind of dream I kind of I don't want to say too much to spoil it but I uh, dreamed about um, well, I'll put it this way. I, dream, I dreamed about the object that is causing the little boy's illness. Ah, and, the princess and the dragon mobile. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so yes. I, uh, it's uh, it, it's kind of hard to describe without spoiling it, but I, I kind of, I dream a lot in the, in sound. And so I heard, heard that that chiming sound, and then I was at, at that. The idea for the for the mobile came to me, you know. Mm, Cause I, I sometimes I see things in dreams. Oh, but that's, oh, that's I mean, cool. one of those. Yeah, one of those questions that I had to ask. Cause I had a feeling you you get inspired by dreams like I do. So, um, okay. So what? So I mean, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I didn't mean to. No, you, you didn't. That's fine. Okay. So now, what is your favorite? Do you have a Bible verse that you'd like to share with everybody? Yes. Um, uh, my favorite Bible verse is Zephaniah 317. And that verse says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you but will rejoice over you with singing. I just absolutely love uh, love the picture of God singing. You know, he's a creator of the entire universe. And just to think that, you know, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent creator takes the time to actually sing over each individual person, that just boggles my mind, you know. Yeah. I, I love that verse. So. I can't. And I love him too, so I, I just can't wait to hear what he what he sounds like. He created music, I believe. Yeah, that. he certainly did. Yep. Just like he created one yeah. of my favorite musicians, which I won't go into now. Which people have already heard about that, but oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'll tell you after the after this is over. But anyway, so would you like to close us out in prayer, or would you like me to? Yes, I can. Um, Dear gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for this 
amazing time of fellowship together. And I pray that anything that has been said today will be used to help those who might be in need or may, maybe will provide someone with a sense of hope. I ask you to please be with any who are suffering from illness or who are dealing with difficult times in their lives. Please intervene on their behalf and please help us all to look to you in times of trouble and in times of joy to always try to glorify you and make a difference in the world through the gifts that you give us. And please help us throughout this day to be examples in your eyes and to be children that glorify you in all things. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring, and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched a thousand. Thanks for joining us on Inspirational Journeys, and you guys have a blessed day. And again, Meredith, I want to thank you for joining me on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me, and um, if you need to edit anything, go ahead. I know I ramble a lot, but uh, but I, I certainly am thrilled to have been asked to uh, to come. And, and thank you for for all you all you've done and best wishes with your writing too. All right, thank you so much. By the way, I there's one more thing I wanted to add before I let you guys go. So. On Sunday and yesterday, I found out that I have been finally distributed to other platforms, such as Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Breaker, and a bunch of others, Stitcher included. So you can find me on your favorite app. Um, When you do, I'm going to ask that you do me a favor. First of all, be sure to subscribe. Okay, because that way you can keep up with new episodes that I add, new interviews and new, <clears throat> excuse me, new tip episodes and things like that, that, that book reviews and things that I want to add because I want you to be able to keep up with it instead of, you know, having to ask me, well, what was your episode today? Or, you know, I always share the episodes out anyway, but still this way you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes. So do me, so do that favor and subscribe. And when you do. If you find me on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find your podcast, please be sure to leave a rating and review because that helps listeners find me. And if you can leave it five stars, but I'm not going to, you know, push that issue because some people may not like it and some people do. It's not for everybody. But for those that it is for, I really would appreciate it if you would rate and review and do me a favor. Share this podcast with your friends. If you found value in what I've said today... Be sure and spread the word because like I said, I'm touching one life and you guys help me touch a thousand. One more thing, if you have any suggestions for episodes, like questions that you have and is something you want to hear about um, that I can research or if you want to hear my story or, you know, you have um, questions that you want to ask me or you have a response to any of the episodes, feel free to email me at anwright75 at gmail.com. That's A-N-N-W-R-I-T-E-S-7-5 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. So again, 
this is just a really quick reminder that I'm available on other platforms besides Anchor now. So be sure to subscribe, rate, re leave a rating and review, and share. Thanks so much and have a blessed day, y'all. Take care. Do you love to read but think you don't have time? Well, now you do, because I have a solution for you. I am licensed under the Electric Eclectic Books brand, where you can satisfy your desire. Electric Eclectic Books is a new series of short reads. We have novelettes and a couple of short story collections. To find out more, visit bit.ly slash visit eebooks. That's bit.ly slash visit eebooks or get the Electric Eclectic Books app on your iPhone or Android device. I have three books licensed under Electric Eclectic and they are Maggie's Gravy Train Adventure, Inner Vision, and Stories Outside the Box. So I challenge you today to go out and check out the Electric Eclectic Short Breeds at bit.ly slash visit eebooks and find your next favorite author today. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. Do you love to read but think you don't have time? Well, now you do because I have a solution for you. I am licensed under the Electric Eclectic Books brand, where you can satisfy your desire. Electric Eclectic Books is a new series of short reads. We have novelettes and a couple of short story collections. To find out more, visit bit.ly slash visit eebooks. That's bit.ly slash visit eebooks. Or get the Electric Eclectic Books app on your iPhone or Android device. I have three books licensed under Electric Eclectic, and they are Maggie's Gravy Train Adventure, Inner Vision, and Stories Outside the Box. So I challenge you today to go out and check out the Electric Eclectic Short Reads at bit.ly slash visit eebooks and find your next favorite author today. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. How would you like to get your book promoted on my blog or share your inspirational journey on my podcast? There's so much competition out there in the digital world that it's hard to get heard above the noise. Well, I would like to help you stand out above the crowd. There are two ways I can help you promote your work. Every Saturday, I run a column on my blog called Featured Book of the Week, where I will take the information about an author's book along with some photos and your links and post that information on my as a blog post. Now, another thing I can do, whether you're an author, a creative artist, or entrepreneur, I would be happy to have you as a guest on my show, Inspirational Journeys, so that you can share your journey with the world. For again, when you've touched one life, you've touched a thousand, and I want to help you touch over a thousand lives. And so here's how you can connect with me 
you can either send an email to annwrites75 at gmail.com. That's A-N-N-W-R-I-T-E-S-75 at gmail.com with either feature book of the week or I'd like to promote my work on your show in the subject line, depending on how you'd like me to help you. Or you can fill out my contact form at anwritesinspiration.com slash contact. That's anwritesinspiration.com slash contact. And let me know how I can help you in the comments section, and I will be happy to email you back with either my future book of the week questionnaire or my podcast interview framework or both if you'd like for me to do both on my website and on my blog, because I would love to promote your work. It's my way of giving back to the author and the creative community. So whether you're an author, artist, or entrepreneur, I'd love to speak with you. Do you love to read but think you don't have time? Well, now you do, because I have a solution for you. I am licensed under the Electric Eclectic Books brand, where you can satisfy your desire. Electric Eclectic Books is a new series of short breeds. We have novelettes and a couple of short story collections. To find out more, visit bit.ly slash visit eebooks. That's bit.ly slash visit eebooks. Or get the Electric Eclectic Books app on your iPhone or Android device. I have three books licensed under Electric Eclectic, and they are Maggie's Gravy Train Adventure, Inner Vision, and Stories Outside the Box. So I challenge you today to go out and check out the Electric Eclectic Short Breeds at bit.ly slash visit eebooks and find your next favorite author today. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. So I challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired. Write something inspiring and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched a thousand. Thanks for joining me on Inspirational Journeys. You guys have a blessed day.